Good day, everybody. Dr. Nick here. And in this podcast, I would like to discuss an article that I wrote for prostatecancer.net, and it involves the barriers to sexual health after the prostate is removed. And generally speaking, if you think about some of the overall stressors and sexual distress that the couple is going through due to prostate cancer, those issues seem to expand beyond just the general erectile dysfunction and bladder incontinence and other issues like that to the point where these issues have the ability to affect them emotionally and socially. So me speaking here, I think it's important for the healthcare providers and the doctors to first recognize these issues and then secondly, start to account for and deal with these issues because if they don't, it's just, it's just gonna be just that much more challenging for the couple to try to return to a state of being sexual or, or even try to return to the state of sexuality that, that they had prior to the prostate cancer diagnosis and also getting the prostate taken In out. The study that I so wrote about, we're gonna talk about those that today. researchers looked at, looked at the couple as a unit and they looked at mainly two things. N- number one, how they managed the diagnosis of prostate cancer. And secondly, they also looked at the barriers that affected their sex lives. Okay, so there were other researchers out there, other guys doing, doing studies, and they felt that the diagnosis and treatments of prostate cancer could involve some sort of mind-altering transition, which is also connected to an emotional and physical loss that, that, should, that has to be dealt with before those, those other barriers can be overcome. You got that? That's kind of interesting. So given these issues, it seems like the couple as a unit should also benefit from the medical intervention and also the addition of guidance from a therapist. You see what I'm saying here? So moving forward, it seems like the couples should, in my opinion, I'll phrase it this way, in my opinion, it seems like the couples should have the ability to move forward with the help from the, from the medical doctors and the healthcare providers in, in addition to specifically help from a sexual therapist. Not just guidance counselor or anything like that, but a sexual therapist, unless, unless there are other deeper barriers that kind that that are found that hinder their progress. So now I kind of want want to get into some of those other barriers that could actually hold them back prior to even getting. So I think it's important to discuss three major barriers that can occur prior to surgery, prior to getting your prostate taken out, that, ha- that, can have a, that could have an impact on your sexual life after surgery. Because if you think about it like this, if you, if you haven't dealt with these issues before surgery, it's definitely, it's definitely not gonna make your life any easier to try to deal, to try to deal with them after surgery.
And the first issue is this, age-related loss and a decreased emphasis on sex. And pretty much what that means is that, that the couples are reporting having sex less often. And that could be a way for the couples just to deal with their age-related sexual issues. Because as, as many of you know, as guys get older, there, there can be issues with erectile dysfunction. And in women, there can be, they can deal with a decrease in vaginal lubrication. And that's, that's natural, unfortunately. It just, that, that's just how it is. But for this circumstance, dealing with the major barrier of prostate cancer and surgery, they need to work on being sexual prior to the surgery so they can build on being sexual. The second after issue the surgery. is underdeveloped skills for maintaining intimacy. And this is more related to the couple's sexual history because it, it pretty much sets the stage for how they, how they will remain intimate after the surgery. And the best way to think of it is like practice. Because if you were intimate prior to surgery, it, it would be easier for you to remain intimate after surgery. And at the same time, if there are any additional stressors, they know how to make changes or in other words, they are prepared to make those changes just for the benefit of their relationship so that they can remain intimate. And finally, the third issue or the third barrier is stress. And think about it this way, because even with the surgery, the, the, the possible pre-surgical issues and post-surgical issues, life still goes on. You still have bills, and, and unfortunately, the bills may actually increase a little bit. And on top of the general life demands of dealing with, dealing, dealing with the family, and if you're working, dealing with work. So that's a lot going on. So take that together, take, take that all together with the couple trying to work on their relationship, trying to be sexual, and then dealing with life, and then add in this other big major event of prostate cancer and then post-prostate cancer surgery issues. So in other words, I'll say it again, there is a lot going on. And for some couples, unfortunately, it's just too much and they lose each other. So right here, I would like to take a moment and take a step back before I actually get into the barriers to talk about how some of the couples responded or how couples respond to the initial diagnosis of prostate cancer. And, and understandably, the couple start to worry. They start to worry about the treatments, the surgery, and even the, the, the surgical side effects. And at the same time, couples tend to deal with this worry by not thinking about the side effects, but by developing overly optimistic expectations of, this, of their sex life post-surgery. And the problem is when those expectations take root, that, may, that makes things tougher because they're really not dealing with reality. And in this study, the researchers went on to say, or to, or to describe it as, quote, the couple longing for the past at the cost of adaptation to the current circumstances. 
so the couples were fantasizing about what their sex life would be post-surgery, but, but, but the reality was saying something completely different. Additionally, and I find this pretty interesting, that the men had trouble accepting, quote, artificially, unquote, assisted sex, meaning that the men rejected the use of erectile aids, such as like Viagra and penis pumps and things like that. Because in this study, those men did not like or did not feel that they could adjust to the idea of non-spontaneous assisted sex. And they also viewed it as artificial and unnatural. And third, this issue is not really directly related to the, the gentleman with their prostate cancer diagnosis, but it's more related to their lover, to their partner, to their wife, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, whoever, because their role has just changed. Because in many cases, they are their lovers are now their caregiver and their sexual partner at the same time. So now their lover has more things to do and also more things to worry about. And it seems like their needs and their emotional needs also should be dealt with or looked at and not forgotten about because they are a part of this couple. They are in this relationship with this gentleman who has a prostate cancer diagnosis. And the researchers who did this study, they phrased it in a way that it, taking everything as a whole, it seems to add an extra layer to their, to, 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 to their environment. That's what I'm trying to say. Because take with the new diagnosis, the, the sexual issues, the life issues, the stress issues, everything else, it, it's unfair for their emotional needs to also go on the back burner. That this is why it's important to have someone there like a sexual therapist or a therapist who, who, who can assist the couple at the same time as a couple, as a unit. So not one person is pushed to the front and someone else is pushed to the side or forgotten about because their, their emotional issues are also very important. And as I start to close out this podcast, I always like to end on a, on a positive note where I can. So I'll give it a shot here. But it seems like for the couple in this, in this situation, I think acknowledging and accepting the situation could actually help the couple move forward with their healing and with their sexual healing. And what I mean is like memories are great and they add richness to your, to your relationship. But in this situation, I don't want them to, to, to become a crutch because they can actually do more harm than good. And also, I'm just to change gears quickly, I feel that when you hopefully you, you will be able to get into sexual therapy because you will have a sexual therapist as a part of your treatment team who works alongside of your doctor and your healthcare healthcare providers and the sexual therapist should actually pay attention to the partner and to the lover as well because i, I always felt that this, the therapist should see the couple as a unit 
and together at the same time. Therefore, not one person is pushed to the side or pushed to the back because then you actually you, you should be able, you should be able to, to put everything on the table and the and the therapist can actually check in with the lover and see how they are doing and how they are coping with this situation and finally to all of the gentlemen out there who are dealing with a prostate cancer diagnosis and who are also rejecting sexual assistance i just want to let you know that there are many types of quote-unquote assistance out there now, ranging from pills to pumps or devices that I, I, I don't have time to really get into here. But I think opening yourself up to trying those devices or, or medications or different types of stimulation may put you back on the path to being sexual again post-prostate cancer surgery. You see what I'm saying? So I, in my opinion, I think... I have to say that it's great to think about how things used to be, but I think it could even be better if you accept the present so you can move forward to be sexually active again in the future. So on that note, I'm going to bring this podcast to a close. Please feel free to stop by prostatecancer.net to read many other articles on how men are dealing with prostate cancer, prostate cancer treatments, their surgeries, and how they are living their lives to the fullest. So on that note, I'm out. You guys have a great day. Stay tuned, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, bye.